All right. Hello and welcome back to Forerunners.app podcast. You've got Alice and Lissy. It's been a hot minute. It's been a while, but we're here and that's the main thing. We showed up. We got it done. It's been um, quite a ride the last couple of months. Well, we're back and I, I, we're, we're here to stay, I'd, I think. Yep. It's going to be really consistent and we've got a lot to report on. We've got a lot. Where do we start? Well, quick fire as always. So let's get that underway. Okay, Alice, favourite song this week? I'm going to go Greta Ray. Big fan at the moment. Specifically, Don't Date the Teenager. A cracking song. It's very emotional. It is, but also like a motto for life. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. A pre-workout shake or a post-workout protein shake? <laughs> Why are we gym talking I don't know what that is, but I know that people take like pre-workout things just to get like... Sure. Could you imagine me on pre-workout? No. Literally, you'd have to look it up. <laughs> like it would not be allowed in a social setting. Okay, but still, so the acid... <laughs> Post-workout protein, always. But also, I don't want to be put in the category of a pre-workout, post-workout person. I want to make that very clear. I'm not even sure what it is, really, but I thought it would just be an important thing to clarify. Okay, good. Do you prefer written or visual instructions? Uh, Written. I like words. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to say I was visual, and I'm visual with my clients, but when it comes to my own personal learning, I like words. I'm like a classy, boring textbook learner. Give me a textbook and I'll learn it. Okay, that's true. They're very good. Like, can I ask that question to you? Are you visual? Or I I don't know. I'm not really sure. Do, do you know? Would you like to? I would say you're very visual. Okay. 100%. Like you've got a very creative brain and I feel like you see something and then you can just do it. Yeah, that makes sense actually. I would have loved yesterday when I was trying to clean out the drain. I felt like I was doing it very dramatically because I was like, I'm going to use a chopstick. I'll set the scene. We've got some plants. We've got a drainage system. The drainage is blocked, so I was like, cool, I'm going to go and fix it, and it's going to be really handy. I was doing it very incompetently and making a bit of a song and dance about the fact that I was doing it. And trying to rope me into helping you. I was like, I think it's fine, just leave it. I was hoping you were going to visually assess the situation and come in guns blazing, take over and finish the job was my hope. That didn't happen, and now it's still not working. I feel like you spent a really long time out there with that chopstick and I really hope that you cleaned it afterwards. I feel like you've just wiped it and put it back in your jaw. <laughs> Is that accurate? Did that actually happen? I don't even have a comment because I do not remember the actual uh, situation. Oh, that is classic. It's definitely back in the drawer without being washed properly. Anyway. I can't deny it. Best meal this week. Look, I'm going through a really strong sandwich face. Can you stop eating sandwiches for that? <laughs> No, but I've got them down to a fine art. So I did make a really good sandwich. I think it was the best meal I've ever had in my life. I would call it a burger, but I'm doing burgers a disservice by calling it an actual burger. It was a sandwich. It has sandwich bread, so it's definitely a sandwich. And so what was so good about it? It's I've got this new chutney. Oh, my God, I sound like an 80-year-old person that's going to go and sell her jam. Sure. Did he dentist for you? Oh, no. So it was, um, it's all about the chutney. I'm just massive on condiments. Yeah, true. Also, I did notice you got some new cheese. And I like it too. And I think that's a really engaging. Yeah, it's kind of sweet. And it's also pre-sliced, which is the ultimate lazy flex. Charlesburg. Mm. Okay, final question. What are you going to dress up as for Halloween? Oof. So I would say I, there is a bell curve of Halloween costumes. You've got your sexy maid on one end of the bell curve, and then you've got your person that dresses up as a hot dog on the other end of the bell curve. Oof. I like to feel like I run my life somewhere in the middle. But I'm going to be brutally honest and just give a lot of self-reflection and say I'm more of a hot dog kind of person. Definitely the hot dog person. Yeah. So, look, do you know what I do love? I'm thinking about going as a Ninja Turtle. 
specifically Raphael. Okay, that's good to know. And when you say like you're going as a Ninja Turtle, where exactly are you going? I'm just going to be in my Pilates room in a turtle outfit doing some plagues. You know that that's what I'm going to do. And you can't shame me for that because that is gives me joy. Okay, well, enjoy that. That'll be um that'll be really good. Yeah. I think um I think we're actually going to be boarding a plane that night too. So um hopefully you can continue that outfit all the way to the airport. Yeah, you know that I would. You know that I will. All right, your turn. You ready? Lucy, quick fire questions. Question number one. True or false? You just ate a spoonful of dry protein powder straight out of the bag without any water. That's really embarrassing. Okay. It's true or false? Uh, it's true, but there is a bit of context. No, there is no reason <laughs> rationale around that. Okay, so we just received some protein and um, I just had to do a bit of a test just to make sure that it just 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 to make sure that it was edible. I don't know. Quality control. Quality control. So tore open the bag. It kind of exploded everywhere. Tried it and it was, it was actually another thing. I don't know if anyone's ever tried vegan protein powder, but it literally just sticks to your mouth and I would not recommend it. It was horrific. It was really bad. But you know what? Once I had a sip of water, I had like a glass of water. How it's supposed to be taken. It was actually not bad. I actually really liked it. Yeah. So it's sort of like eating dry cake batter without any wet ingredients, really. Doesn't sound... Anyway, moving on. Next race. Question number two. Or um, potentially a one mile race. <laughs> what? I know. I know. Amazing. Where it? We'll see. Um, at Doncaster. That's cool. To be confirmed, not sure I've actually run um, anywhere near fast enough to attempt that, but as long as it's safe for my hamstring and as long as my coach says it's okay, we'll, we'll see. All right. Other than that, back on the long distance of the 10K at Zadabek. Okay. Yeah. December, yeah? Yeah. First 10K on track. Okay. Amazing. Now, you did just sort of cover this a little bit. Question number three, next overseas trip, which country? Oh, unfortunately, no one knew. We're going back to Thailand. Mm. So if you do remember, we did actually have a little bit of a travel situation last year. We were supposed to go to Vietnam. We ended up in Thailand instead, which was not a bad result. It's just that that's not where we intended to be. Or where our plans were or like anything about it. We ended up in the slums. We ended up in like a janitor's closet when we were supposed to be <laughs> going into like some high rise rooftop pool. But hopefully this time we can have like some better memories. And to segue from that, we are thinking of running some retreats in the near future. So if you would like to sort of jump on board that adventure with us, bring a helmet and all the best. That'd be really good. We'll have um, lots of organisation in place. Yeah, we can do some research this time maybe. Yeah, that'll that'll definitely help. Okay, you've been going through a few different hair colours at the moment. So this is question number four. What's up next for you? Uh, look, I just need to sort of just embrace what I've got. I'm hoping that the sun's going to bleach it out a little bit. I heard the Thailand sun. Yeah. So I like it. It's sort of like a, an in-between, a strawberry blonde situation. It's something gone wrong, but um, no, that's good. Yeah, it's um, it's getting there. I think over the summer it'll it'll find its its feet. Really, love that. You're just letting it run its journey. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Okay, I'm amazing. I love that. All right, so this is a quick fire question, but it isn't super quick to answer. Your half marathon recently, which was an absolute banging event, you crushed it, and. You also were a little bit concerned about nutrition. So gels is not something you are super familiar with because you are, if you're down to being a runner, you don't really need them, right? However, half marathon, we're like, right, a bit longer, maybe you should have some fuel, which is obviously a great idea. What sort of fuel situation did you end up going with during the half marathon? 
Oh, during the half marathon or right. during. Should we talk about what happened before the start line? No, what about we talk about what happened during the half marathon? That's number five. All right. Well, I'm going to start back a little bit and talk about before the half marathon. So when we're walking down to the start line, everything was great. Alice was kindly carrying my backpack, um, which I decided to put my gel in um, just beforehand. <laughs> and um, and Alice was like, oh, I'm just going to quickly go to the toilet. I'll meet you at the start line. Got to the start line. Like, I think the 10 second countdown to the race is on. Where's my backpack? Where's my gel? Where's Alice? Where's my partner? Look, to be fair, I've never seen anything like it. So just to set the scene, I was on my scooter with my helmet and my backpack looking the absolute goods. I was going literally as fast as a scooter can go, which I had it in sports mode, so it was pretty bloody fast, right? Crazy. Crowds. Nearly tripped over a toilet block. In fact, one of my clients pitted me and was like, I saw you nearly stack on top of the toilet aisle and you just kept going. I was determined to get there. However, he was ducking and weaving through the most aggressively dense stampede, where I imagine. And very busy. Very much. So I used the median strip down the middle. Right, I was like, "This is a shortcut." No, it is the median strip on a scooter. Did that, so it ended up on the wrong side, and so I could see you. Admittedly, also you went to the bathroom last minute, as you did, and did get to the um, get to the start line probably about actually ten seconds before the gun went. Classic Lissy move, and then was doing some lunges, and I couldn't reach you. I was barricaded in, and I just was sitting there with your gel, feeling <laughs> quite useless. But the thing that I did drop was your little pseudo gel. <laughs> Can you explain that? Oh, that's what happened. All right, so the gel that I got was in a really big package. And so I don't know how people were supposed to carry it. I think, like, in fairness, I think it's for, like, proper, like, ultra events when people are going for, like, I don't know, big days or whatever without food. It's like a Chobani squeezy yogurt. It's the size of a Chobani squeezy yogurt, exactly. So what I did, I was like, I'm just going to try and, like, squeeze it out into some glad wrap and then just sort of, like, twist the top so it's all, like, you know, tucked into a nice little, um, it reminded me of... It was a gel baggie. Yeah, it was a gel baggie. It's mm. kind of like Blinky Bill, you know, his little satchel that he puts on the stick. Kind of reminded me of that. And my plan was to like whack it in my shorts pocket and just like pull it out like halfway through the race. So, well, what happened to you? You dropped it. Well, look, how'd that go? <laughs> Someone found my little snot baggie <laughs> of like gel on the side of well, the road. Well, not colored. He was snot colored and it fell out of my pocket. And they're like, why do you have this in? And then I tried to do the thing where I shouldn't have done. I tried to explain the backstory, they're like, it's not like, fine. We don't care what your story is. Why do you have gel that's been decanted in a tiny little thing? It's kind of oozing out the side of the glad wrap into a tiny little baggie on the ground in the MCG, mind you. Where did it end up in the end? Uh, well, I picked it up because I wanted a litter and I put it in the bin. Oh, it's really disquieting. It was nasty. <laughs> it was nasty. So anyway, I then went on to run the half marathon and I was like, oh, that's disappointing. Like all this research I did into the gels and I didn't even get it at the start line. But the good thing was- you should fire your assistant. During the race, there was, um, Morton, um, were there handing out gels like halfway through the race. And I thought, this is absolutely fantastic. I'll, I'll just grab one here. Never tried that before. Should be totally fine. <laughs> this guy's like reached out to hand it to me. Like he had his hand out and I reached out to grab it. And just as I went to grab it, he pulled it away. Oh no. He didn't realize that I was actually, I was literally making a beeline for him. Yeah, I'm get it. Job. That's one job. Job. And he was like, he was like, hop. Oh, I'm sorry, but at this point it already like run past and um and then that was it. So wait, so you had one job and then he should have chased after you. I definitely would have chased after you and been like, Hey, you tried to get this, here it is. Surely it's devastating. I did see some that had fallen on the ground up ahead, but I was just like no. I was hurting already, so I was like, the last thing I wanna do is get down 
on my knees when we go out and pick up a, a gel. If you find yourself on your knees in a rest, <laughs> probably all over. Yeah, I think that's where it was going to be. And can we actually just focus on the fact that you're not a half marathoner. You did a half marathon and you've been training, but not nearly the volume that you would be expecting to. You blitzed the second place and we weren't even sore the next day. Can we just appreciate that for a moment? Oh, thank you. It was um, it was pretty tough, to be honest. I didn't do a 10K race. So, yeah, 5K is probably my most comfortable spot to be racing. And I did do a 10K race recently, which felt quite far. And so, of course, you just sort of think that a half marathon is just like the next step up from the 10K, right? Just double it, yeah. But it's actually, it's double and it's more. So you're running around there and I was at the 8K mark and I was like, oh, I'd really like to be finished by now. Uh, or like literally anytime soon. But then you kind of like, I'm like kind of just over a third of the way. So it was certainly a lot, probably not something that I'm going to do anytime soon, but hopefully next time I'll be a bit more prepared and do some more longer running. It's because it does make a difference. Like training for long distance events, you've actually just got to do lots of nonstop runs. You don't oh my need God, it's so good. I love that. Yeah. But you don't need as much interval training. So good. Ideal. Yeah. So, but that's okay. I reckon maybe next time you might join me in a half marathon. Yeah, yeah. So I won't be joining you. I will be like well and truly back in the pack and just hoping to sort of clean up whatever gels you leave behind for me on the road. <laughs> no, I reckon you've definitely got it in you. I reckon you're tempted actually. Yeah, but so whatever I do on that half marathon, I just know that I'll be sore for at least two to three weeks afterwards. Yeah, you definitely have a like a very consistent training week, I think. To You're calling me boring. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, let's see. What does your training week look like right now? Monday, Monday to Sunday. No, this is embarrassing. I wanted to ask you about your training. Let's see your training. You're the performance athlete. I am not a performance athlete. So let's go. Let's go with you. Deflection. Oh, she's done well. All right. So Monday is usually a swim for me. Tuesday is some sort of interval session. Wednesday. For example, what did you do today? Today, I did a long one. It was two by 2K, two by 1K, and then four by... 500. Mm. So about like 8K volume on the track, always 60 seconds recovery. And then um, like pretty longish warm up, warm down to get a little bit of volume in because I am doing this 10K race coming up. Yep. And then tomorrow, like Wednesday will be easy run. Thursday is usually an easy run or day off. Mm-hmm. It's been a day off. Um, and then Friday would be some sort of like tempo effort. Saturday, easy run. Sunday, long run. 2022 came, but I think the next couple of weeks I'm going to be changing things up a little bit just because, you know, I am getting back onto the track. So I want to get some more speed into the legs. So I'm going to be doing sessions sort of choose like some faster stuff Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then pulling back the easy runs a little bit just to get a little bit more zip into the legs. So good. Yeah. So looking forward to that. I reckon that's going to work really well. Not that I'm an expert in speed training, as you can imagine, but that sounds like a really good plan. Yeah, and there's lots of people that have different ideas about it. And for a lot of my running life, I've done three sessions a week. So Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and a long run on Sunday. And I think that's a pretty standard sort of go-to for a lot of people. Yeah, but I think there's a a little bit of a trend now just to do two sessions a week. So like a Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Saturday, for example. And I think there's there's definitely merit in both of it. And particularly coming back from my hamstring injury, it's been good just doing the two sessions a week. But I do think there's a time and a place. And I don't think, for me personally, I think doing three sessions a week is probably too much to do for a long, you know, for a really long block. But I do think that like, you know, having peaks and troughs in your training and maybe you've got like um, a four-week block where you sort of do have harder training and then you pull back. And you love a cyclic training. Yeah. I yep. hate that so much, which I'm learning to embrace. Yeah, yeah, it is good. And I think like, you know, having a deload week, having a harder yeah, week. Absolutely. Um, I think that kind of stuff's really important. 
And then I guess like in contrast to mine, um, your your week, I guess, is a little bit more consistent and a bit more predictable. Yeah. I am definitely the boring one, 100%. And I should just sort of carry that by saying, I do like cyclic training, but I'm more from a physio point of view. Like I love like a little bit of deload for the bones mm. or like a deload week four if you've got like a chronic tendon issue or something like that, but but never completely stopping if possible because I do find and yeah, like one protein of, uh, one and consistency. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Literally, I'm um, just born to just like, just keep grinding. But how many Ks a week are you up to around about now? I think 60. At the moment. Mm-hmm. So and that's consistent. And I feel like you've been there for like consistently quite a while too, yeah. which is good. And then plus how many? Oh, well, yeah. A couple of swims as well. So I'm just actually swimming about three times a week at the moment. 12 K? <laughs> nah, that was in Byron Bay when I was in the water all the time. That's not an, an average week. But you're actually, I feel like you don't give yourself enough credit. You're actually a very good swimmer. No, to be honest, I'm actually the opposite. Like considering, to be honest, how often I swim, how much I swim and how much I just love swimming, I should be a really, like I should be entering swimming races and like winning them. But I am actually just like a medium lane swimmer. So, like, I feel like I'm not a good swimmer, but I genuinely love it. I feel like yeah. it fixes every problem, including, like, social, emotional, physical, any sort of ailment. And any issue. I think it's really good for thinking time too, right? Yeah, unless I'm in a slightly bad headspace, in which case I end up really angry when I'm swimming. Oh, yeah, I've definitely seen that side to you. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was an angry swimmer. Yeah, but it's fine. You know, maybe sometimes the other people in your lane, maybe they just deserve it. No, no, sometimes people are very unreasonable. And I usually give people quite a few chances before I make any sort of statement. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I just get scared and run away. I thought um, when we were at the pool the other week, I thought I was going to get absolutely run over oh, by this guy. The pool players. Yeah. Because they're absolutely, they're so strong, so big and muscly. Yeah. And they're just, they swim in the middle of the lane and they're not swimming for any flannels. So they're in the middle of the lane. terrifying. Yeah, no, it's not okay. Yeah, it actually is. And they also don't actually touch the end. They just stand up in the middle of the lane about three metres from the end. So you kind of have to like navigate this really awkward sort of turn circle. It's actually very impressive. Now, Al, tell us about last weekend in the Botanic Gardens. Oh my gosh, so much fun. Okay, so the four of us, uh, myself, yourself, Bryce and Lisa. Ourselves. Ourselves. Uh, created a little event and it wasn't something that we wanted to do for a long period of time. But it sort of came to us, we should run an event right up to sort of Melbourne Marathon. It was sort of just like, oh my goodness, we should have been doing this the whole time. Mm. So we organised an outdoor event because outdoor Pilates hits different. It is special and it's, you know, I was probably a little bit cocky in the sense that I was like, no, it'll be fine. The weather will be great. There was a little bit of rain, but to be honest, for the actual session, it was perfect, right? Yeah, no, it was actually great. And, you know, with very little notice and warning, we got a beautiful group of people coming down and it was run so well so you took the run which was great we met we did a bit of pre-run activation the team went off for a lap around the town you managed to get some refreshments along the way yeah they were handing out free soft drinks so i was like all right and then i think that once we came back and opened and they just like overflowed everywhere oh, but they were actually really good and they were like shaking cans yeah like the stitch up um yeah and then we sort of sat down and had like a little bit of a chat and then got going we had snacks there um, our good mate Dave made us some bliss balls and we had all the recovery stuff from peak performance as well. So they were supplying massage gun, nominal ice bars, yeah, to mats. And the stuff is incredible quality. And so we had some prizes there to give away. There was sort of a Pilates class and because the marathon was the next day, as you know, some of the classes can get a little bit spicy, but what 
the goal was to just do a little bit of activation so that I can kind of get things fired up, get a little bit of mobility, not smash them, but feel primed for the next day. And I think we delivered that pretty well. I took like a 25 minute Pilates activation, Lisa, the mobility queen jumped in and took about 10 minutes of mobility. So we kind of left feeling activated, stretched, and just kind of ready for the run that came. And we got some really beautiful feedback uh, saying that that was a really great way for people that have come interstate and out of town to come in, connect with other runners. So a really nice community sort of vibe, but also their bodies felt really good. Yeah, I feel like after that session, I felt more prepared for a race than I've ever been. And just because it was a, it was just a really a nice, gentle run and then followed by like a bit of, like you said, like the strength stuff and then a bit of mobility as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's easy to sort of fall into the trap of just being like, oh, I don't want to do like any strength stuff. I don't want to use any muscles the day before a race because I want to like sort of save myself. But it's not really, it's not the case. Like I think doing a little bit of activation, you know, and using your muscles is actually really good just to sort of keep things flushed and keep things working and activated. Yeah, especially if you are someone that has been tapering that week as well. You know, at the end of a taper week, you're kind of feeling like a little bit stiff and you're like, I don't even, I can't remember how to run again. Yeah, so it's just nice to like, I don't know, tune everything up, dust off the cobwebs, you know. You're not used to feeling so much glycogen in your muscles and it just kind of feels like heavy and uncomfortable. So, yeah. I'm speaking of glycogen. What was your, what's your ideal pre-race dinner? And obviously I'm talking here longer races because you've had stepped up in distance recently. And normally 1500, I do believe that you kind of just kept things pretty normal. It's just lollies all day. <laughs> so, oh, I've done that too many times before. I'm embarrassed to admit it. I, I'm a big fan of rice. I actually just love rice. So anything that's like got rice in it. I mean, and also really simple as well. Like even if it's like literally just like fried eggs on rice with some avocado and soy sauce, I'd be happy with that. That's um, really good. It's actually not bad. Yeah. If you really need stuck for a dinner, but I'm keeping simple, like not too many vegetables because you don't want all of that sort of sitting in your stomach. You just want food that's kind of like, you know, high in carbohydrates that's going to digest pretty easily and sit nicely. So I think anything with rice would probably be my go-to. Yeah. What about you? What would you have? Um, You know what? I just love pizza so much and I reckon that's actually really good. And I know that you think it's got too much cheese, which is probably true, but I also really love cheese. (laughs) So I feel like that is my go-to. That's actually what we had um, the night before. It was so good. We went to Baby Pizza, which is in Chapel Street, and I love Baby Pizza. No, we didn't. We went to A25. We went to A25. (laughs) And I also love A25. I don't know which one's better. You can't see you love all of them. No, and I can. Just watch me. Also... I was actually chatting to my dad today. <clears throat> Pete's retired recently and we went to this amazing event last week, which was beautiful. So dad has been, actually I was talking to mum about it as well, you know, incredible medical career, four Olympics, four AFL teams, no AM, and he's just the most beautiful man ever. And he's going to hate me for saying that, but that's that's fine. He's very humble. And I was talking to him because he's got more time on his hands. He's a little bit more invested in exactly the nitty gritty of what um, we're doing. And I said, look, we've got an event coming up and um, we're thinking of doing a combination of pizza and Pilates. I mean, the people of Melbourne love sports, they love food, and let's do an amalgamation of those two concepts, and it's going to go wild, surely. I think people will love it, and we will obviously also love it. And he was like, fantastic, what sort of pizza? And I was like, just like wood-fired pizza, like good quality, and he's like, cool. And then he was like, well, where are you going to do the fires for the pizzas? And I was like, oh, no, like, we're not cooking it. <laughs> we're definitely not cooking it. And also we're definitely not starting fires in any local park. And so bless him, the best doctor in the whole world, except for when it comes to like, I love the fact that he didn't sort of say, well, that's a bit unreasonable. He was just like, oh yeah, how are we going to problem solve? We're going to do it. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I'm pretty sure I've seen fires in the guys before, toasting marshmallows and stuff. And 
Um, I feel like that's generally not a thing in the garden. No, I think it was actually true. There was a Circumstance Delight show festival, which recently in Melbourne, they did have some um, fires and stuff like that for the marshmallows. I don't know, but I just feel like Bequeath should not be around fires. Well, to be honest, I actually don't mind the idea of that. Yeah, yeah. sitting around a campfire, toasting some marshmallows and telling good Pilates stories. I think there's something in it. Oh, man, that's like literally my love language. Do you know my mum used to actually get whole pineapples, right, and you use methylated spirits Mm -hmm. and you pour that on top of the pineapple, you light it, and then there's some sort of brown sugar component. Anyway, you end up with this caramelised cooked pineapple with brown sugar. And, yeah, I remember doing that as kids. But she was doing it like at our birthday parties or whatever. So she had like raw fly. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Do you eat it? Yeah, you eat it. I'm not sure if you're supposed to eat metho. No. Okay. Um, but all- I, get, I think we're going to have to check with her. <laughs> um, no, 100% we're talking about it today. We're not talking about the fires with dad. Yeah, yeah. But like, we, need, yeah. we need more specific details on how to actually yeah. do it. And then we'll do it. We'll come back for, We'll come back with some more information. She, as she was saying it, she kind of backpedaled a little bit. She's like, ah, oh, that being said, I'm not sure if you should really have metho anymore on food, etc. And I was like, yeah, probably. Anyway, <laughs> we turned out okay. And fine. It was fine. I do remember it tasting very good. Caramelised um, pineapple. Mm. Highly recommend. But it does not belong in pizza. I'm just going to put that in there. So in terms of, I want to take it back to you, racing, very exciting. The fact that your hamstring tendon is looking meat. You've done so much hard work in terms of specific strength rehab, in terms of like consistent Pilates, load management, collagen, fuel, rest. Like literally everything, like five star patient, to be honest. Thank also, you. I've done like quite a bit of needling. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to take one. I'm just going to, I'll give you a pat on the back. Is that what you're? Yeah. I want a little bit of like street cred for that. Nah, it, it is actually pretty good because nothing's ever as seamless as you, as it seems to be. Like there's always something. And um, um, honestly, like after like being in Japan and having a massage every single day for two years, I was a little bit worried about coming back to Australia because I was like, oh, like, you know, that sort of treatment isn't going to be there. And um, to be honest, I haven't needed a massage like this whole time um, since I've been back, which has been a couple of years. Um, however, I do get quite regular needling from you, which I'm very, very grateful for. And I would be struggling without um, needling isn't for everyone, but I find it's like it works an absolute treat on me. I think if your body's sort of like used to it and knows how to respond to it, then it's super effective in just kind of releasing all those like trigger points, which can lead to something more. Yeah. But, um, and to be honest, in your true credit, I you are very good at tolerating needling. I'm not particularly kind when I needle and I'm quite um, direct, whereas you don't arc up about it. I remember when I was doing a whole lot in the clinic and you had to be really, really careful and there'd be certain clients you would never needle, of course, but you seem to respond to it really well and you can take like decent pressure. Yeah, I actually like it. And I think like different body parts probably respond differently as well. Like there are certain things that I don't know, maybe your neck doesn't work so well. It's better with like soft tissue. But yeah, I think it's all, it's all combining, like, you know, it all combines to, to, to make you like performing at your best, you know, even if you've just got like tight shoulders, you know, that can relate as well. Cause otherwise if they're really tired, then you're going to be um, lifting your shoulders when you run too. So um, like thinking of your body holistically and making sure you're treating that, I think is important. Yeah. I know you and your upper traps, you love a little bit of upper trap work. It's so painful, but so good. No, it's not good. Gets rid of the headache straight away. Yeah, true. And yeah, so that is our next little event following. You have some races coming up. I've got some events coming up. Specifically, you have potentially a one-mile race. Is that <laughs> I'm about that one. And then? And then Christmas. Holiday? Um, yeah, that's about it. Holiday with a question mark. Oh, was there something else that I've forgotten about? There's a Santa run that you're going to be participating oh, in. Uh, okay, just throw me under the bus there. I know um, you are. All right, now I'm doing a Santa run. <laughs> I feel like anyone can win a Santa run competition this <laughs> year. You're born to win a Santa run. Oh, you love Christmas. You love running. You love racing. That is literally 
Ah, your des- destiny. Really? It's true. And I've got a really good like elf costume too with like jingle bells on it. So like I'm definitely the elf in this situation. That's true. You can probably borrow it. Uh, elf carrying your sack of gels. It's crazy. And just like dissolving in my little sack. <laughs> Gross. It's crazy that it's already up to the festive season almost. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's good. Anyway. Ready for it. Well, that is all from us today. I think that was quite a bit of information after quite a long pause. But we'll be back more regularly with more antics from the both of us. See you later. Thanks for joining in.